This is CliffCentral.com. A beautiful day to you all and uh, a warm welcome from all of us here on The Open Book. I really hope that you've all had a great week so far. Well, mine started off kind of, I'd probably say, different. My nearly three-year-old, my daughter, started at her new school last weekend. She's having an absolute blast so far. But uh, obviously for us adults, mornings have become a little more frantic than before. Uh, Between getting her into the bath, getting her fed, packing changing clothes, preparing her lunch boxes and getting into the car, all to get to school on time. I'm telling you now, it is absolute madness. But uh, as they say, you just have to get used to it. So I guess we'll also have to just get used to it at some point. I was actually telling a friend of mine uh, that children in a good way force your parenting skills to constantly improve because they're constantly growing. So uh, my belief is this, that as they grow, so should your parenting skills. There is nothing worse than uh, seeing a parent treating their naughty 13-year-old like they are four years old. And some of the times, you know, the 13-year-old will act like a four-year-old so that they don't get the punishment that they deserve. So, yes, as um, as as they grow, so should we. Um, but I do understand, you know, that parenting can be hard. Uh, but for us as children of God, it shouldn't be that hard. Do you know why? Because God has given us a manual that promises that if we raise our children according to it, they will grow up to be mighty men and uh, also women of valor. And so our topic for today, here it is. It is train up a child. Uh, there's definitely so much that I want to learn about uh, how to train my my little one who's three years old. And uh, hopefully God will bless us with another one this year sometime. And so uh, this scripture, train up a child, it comes from uh, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6. This is, this is the scripture that, uh, that, uh, that inspired it. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Message Bible actually kind of puts it plainly as follows. It says, point your kids in the right direction. When they are old, they won't be lost. But the question is, what is this direction? What is this direction? Well, today we will get some of those answers from uh, from my guest, Pastor Bronwyn Stanford, who uh, I'll be chatting to a little bit later. But uh, let me give you just a little background about who she is. Bronwyn has a higher diploma in education and is a Rhema Bible College, South Africa graduate. She taught in a public school for seven years and served as a volunteer at Rhema Children's Ministry for 13 years. She became a full-time staff to write curriculum uh, for children. She was ordained in 2009 and she's currently the pastor and head of department of the Rhema Children's Ministry. Bronwyn has a passion to facilitate growth and development in children and see them reach their full potential. Uh, another part that I kind of smiled when I, when I read as part of her bio said, she loves coffee, being with friends, and of course, a little bling. So Bronwyn, I hope that uh, you had your coffee this morning uh, because the coffee at Cliff Central isn't that great, but hopefully it's going to improve um, in the next few months to come. Now, my question is, is today's message just for parents or is it for those who want to be parents one day? Is it? So in other words, if you're not a parent or you don't have a plan to be a parent, is today's show not for you? The answer is no. It is for all of us. Because Jesus in Matthew chapter 8 verse 3 warns us that unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So 
Do you want to enter the kingdom of heaven? If your answer is yes, then stay with us right here on The Open Book as we all get some revelation about those little ones. Once again, our topic is train up a child. I'm Luis Obala and this is The Open Book on Cliff Central. Train up a child in the way um, he or she should go and uh, when they're older, they will not depart from it. I've just paraphrased uh, a verse, uh, a, a verse from the Bible, uh, which is, um, which is Proverbs from the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter, what is it again? I just forgot now again. Um, I had it here. I had it here. Oh, Proverbs 22 verse six. And so that's why our topic for today is train up a child. And in studio with me, I've Pastor Brown Stafford, who's the pastor and head of department uh, of the Raymer Children's Ministry. Uh, pastor Brown, thank you so much for coming through today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Where did your passion for children come from? Well, when I was a little girl, I used to teach my toys in the garden. And then growing up, uh, I sort of forgot about that. It's like Toy Story. Like Toy Story. <laughs> they, uh, they used to talk to me. <laughs> but you used to teach them, you say? Yeah, I used to oh, have wow. a, a, you know, a board and a, a chalk, some chalk, and I used to give them instruction and tell them what to do. So when I was a little girl, I think my passion was already to teach children and you know, to help them to become who God wants them to be. Mm. But, um, you know, sort of growing up, I forgot about that. And then I attended Bible College at Ramah. And I remember at the end of my second year, a pastor said that if you want to stay vitally connected to the Lord, you've got to start serving in the church. Yeah. And um, at that stage, I was like, which ministry do I want to get involved in? I don't know. I'll, I'll try the kids ministry. Mm. And um, I started to serve in the kids ministry and the rest is history from there. So you were there for 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. 13 and then years. you became a, and then you became a pastor. Uh, was that something that you wanted to become? I think um, after attending Bible college, I had a desire in my heart to go into full-time ministry. Um, and yes, I think I had it in my heart to be a pastor. But, you know, God took me on such an amazing journey from being so shy and standing at the door in the children's ministry, just yeah. shaking to greet the kids to where I am today. It's just by trusting God and being faithful every step of the way. And why children? I think because children are so real and they're so honest and, you know, I, I always say this, if you can teach a child, you can teach anyone because when you teach children, you've got to make the gospel so simple that they can understand it. And, you know, they, they're just so honest in, in their approach and, and believe without any doubt in what you're saying. Wow, that's awesome. Pastor Brown, how important are children in the, in the kingdom of God? Children are, are vital, you know, I think you mentioned Jesus said that if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you've got to become like a child. Mm. And I believe, too, that God is a generational God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he's a generational God who cares about every single generation. And that in that gener, you know, those generations include the children. And so I believe that God cares. And sometimes people say that children are the future, but the children are now. We have yeah. an opportunity right now to minister into their lives. And, you know, Jesus said to Peter when he said to him, Peter, do you love me? And his first response was Peter said, yes. And he said, well, feed my lambs. And I've really taken that verse to see that in the church, you know, we have, we have a responsibility to teach the children yeah. God's word. No, you're so right. And, um, and I guess also, you know, kind of speaking, speaking about children and the fact that you said, uh, you, you just said just now that people say that children are the future, but actually children are for the now. For sure. I know that my life has changed, you know, since, uh, since I've had mm. a daughter, my life is not the same. So 
when they say the phrase which says that children are a gift, you know, mm. um, I truly believe that children are, are, are more of a gift to us than we are to them. Yes. Um, so, so that's why, you know, when Jesus says, when Jesus says, um, you need to look at these children because, and, and follow the example, mm. um, because that's the only way to enter into the, into the kingdom of heaven. For sure. So yeah, so just what a blessing there are. And I guess that's the reason why we're doing this show to just, you know, to just bring that out, that mm. importance of, um, that children, of, of the role that children play in our lives. But, uh, what are, what are, what are some of the most or, or some of the most important lessons that children should be taught at a young age? I think children need to be taught that God loves them unconditionally. So mm-hmm. oftentimes parents will put conditions, you know, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to do that. And But for children to know that God loves them no matter what. I know that I've had experience with kids who will give their heart to the Lord and they'll do something wrong. Mm. And then they'll think God has left them because now they were naughty. And so if children can understand that God loves them unconditionally, that he'll never leave them no matter what. Yes, they might mess up like we all do, but he'll always be there for him. And another thing that I think is so important to teach children is that for both boys and girls, that they're created in the image of God and that he has a plan and purpose for their lives. Yeah. But how do we, I mean, for instance, I have a three-year-old. How do I even teach her, you know, teach her that with with a God that she can't see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there is a God because obviously the older I've grown, I've grown to know that there is a spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. But how do you, how do you explain that to children? With, with little kids, it's difficult. And, um, we, we try and keep our lessons very concrete with little children. They, they don't understand abstract. Yes. So for little kids, we would just teach them that God does love them, but he shows his love hopefully through their parents and how we care for others. And so we just do simple lessons like that with them to tell them that they are special. And we, we pray that as they, they go through their journey of life, they will begin to see a God who really does love them through, through their lives and through the way their parents or people will treat them or how they can treat others. Mm. I think it's also important that we also talk about, you know, like uh, as parents that we talk about God, um, sure. just, you know, like just at home. For the entire sure. time, yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, I believe that's, you know, I really do believe that you as a parent need to to play a strong role in leading it by example. There's a saying that says some things are taught, but many things are caught. Yeah. And that just means that, you know, your children will follow your example. Wow. That's awesome. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I kind of remember just growing up and... Uh, and and just watching people who said one thing but they sort of didn't you know did the other for sure and um and 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 the older you know the older i became the the less that i did of what they said but the more i did of what they of what they did mm. um so there definitely is a you know is a great danger and obviously you know there's some what about for instance for kids who don't want to go to church in the mornings um or, or on on sunday morning um how should we how should we encourage them to come to church with us? I think you know it's like I said it's by example if you if you show the children that you love coming to church and you help them to realize that you know it's part it's it's part of what our family does it's it's not something that's an option mm-hmm. it's part of the journey we're on and we're going to church and that's what we do as a family so there's no discussion about it and and try and make it you know fun for the kids and I think children's church plays a part in that too that if they know they're going to a place where it'll be fun and they'll learn about God hopefully that will help them to get to church too is it okay because I know a lot of guys who say, I mean, like we say, well, the thing is, I was forced to go to church mm. when I was um, when I was young, and maybe that's why I don't want to go to church anymore. Mm. Um, so, so yeah. So I mean, like, do you think 
it's just important also the kind of church that you go to. For and, sure. Yeah. Definitely, I believe. You know, that's why um, a lot of churches have changed from Sunday school to children's church uh, so that there's a, a mind, you know, set change and that, that it's not like school. But that children's church should be a fun place where children can grow and where they can learn about God in a, a fun environment that's that's at their level, that we teach the children at the level they're at. Because mm, it does make a difference because it's going to feel like sure. you're going to go to church on, on Sunday. Or you're going to go to school on Sunday. And then you're going to be at school again <laughs> on, Monday. <laughs> on, uh, on Monday. So I guess, yeah, you know, to uh, to those of you out there who've got... We've got ministries even thinking about it. Maybe you should change if, 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 if your, if your children's ministry is called Sunday school, maybe you should think of maybe, of maybe changing that to, uh, to something else. Now, come Monday, uh, for instance, you know, I've had my, I've had Kenzie, my daughter staying with us. I've, I mean, you know, uh, being with us the whole time over, the, um, over these past three years, mm. but now she's gone to a school and we've had to go around and, um, and, 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 and get into a good school. Mm. Now, most schools are not necessarily Christian schools. You know, some live by Christian principles. Um, uh, also, for instance, when she gets, you know, when she grows to be older, and for instance, you know, we also we go to we go to a charismatic church. But you may find that there's a Methodist private school that's um, that's that's great for her, or even like a Catholic school, so to say. Although, um, although it's not, you know, you, do, you don't get taught Catholicism the whole time. It's, it's the normal subjects mm-hmm. that one would, um, would learn at school. But how do we maintain the truth of the Christian life at home um, when, when our children spend most of the day at, um, at, you know, at, at a secular school, if I can say so? I think that's the important thing is that it's got to be maintained at home and it's got to be intentional. You have to do intentional things with your daughter so that she knows and understands what you believe. And, yeah. um, you know, I remember when I was a teacher, there was a, it was a fairly Christian school and there was a, a child from another religion. And, and that mom didn't mind her child coming to, um, you know, all of our religious things. And I asked her, you know, don't doesn't it worry you that it might influence him? And she she said to me that the foundation I give my child at home is wow. so strong that I know he won't deviate from what I'm teaching him. And I think sometimes it, as Christians, we don't take that seriously enough, that what we do with our children at home is vital, that our children see us pray, that our children see us reading the Bible. You know, um, some parents don't want their children to touch their Bible because it's a holy book. But children need to realize that that's a map book for life, yeah. that it's a, it's a book that should be opened and explored and written in if needs be, you know, to, to remind you of verses. And so children need to see that at home intentionally. And I believe that that will, that will make them strong. And when they're going to an environment that's not, you know, as strong a foundation, they'll, they'll be fine. Mm. And, you know, and the thing is, uh, no matter... No matter where you take your children, um, what school you take your children when they're young, uh, the point is when they grow to be older, they're going to choose their way. For sure. Uh, re- regardless. I'm going to speak to, to Brenton, uh, Goldman a little bit later on. And he's a, he's a pastor's kid. We call them PKs. Mm-hmm. And he's going to kind of tell us the experience of sort of growing up at home because as much as we know, um, a lot of pastor's kids, they never grow up to walk in the way of their, of their fathers. Mm-hmm. Some of the times, Man, they're more evil than a lot of us. <laughs> but you know, but, 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 but my, the point I'm trying to prove is the fact that at the end of the day, your child is, you know, is, uh, is going to choose their way. But, sure. uh, but as a parent, you should really just, just follow the way that you think is right to raise your child mm. at home. And, uh, and when they're older, 
the Bible says they will not, you know, depart. they will not depart from it. Mm. They will not depart from it. But um, after the break now, I'll be speaking to Haiti Brit, um, who's who's actually chosen to, to to take her children through homeschooling as the teacher. So stay with us, and uh, right after this, we'll speak to you, Haiti. Cliffcentral.com. Peter Turin presents the glorious musical comedy Singing in the Rain. Direct from a sellout London West End season, this five star production will leave you with a song in your heart and a smile on your face. With spectacular dancing and raining live on stage, Singing in the Rain showers you with everything you could wish for in a hit musical. Now on at Monte Cassino, only until March 13. Singing in the Rain, book now. This is CliffCentral.com Well, our topic for today is train up a child. And um, Hetty Brits is a mother of two, together with her husband, well-known gospel singer, uh, Louis Brits. And they've decided to take their children through homeschooling at their house uh, with Hetty as the teacher. And Hetty joins us online all the way from Pretoria. Hello, Hetty. Good morning, Louisa. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know that you, uh, you've, uh, you've got classes, so I will try not take too much of your time at the moment. Sometimes my children are grateful when I'm removed from the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you must tell them, Uncle, you, you, must, you must tell them to thank Uncle Loiso next time they see me. I, I will do that. Okay. <laughs> homeschooling. Homeschooling. You know, it's, it's so weird because I've thought about this. Um, uh, I've thought about this before, maybe taking my children uh, through homeschooling at some point. So I want to hear it from you, you know, since you're doing that. So how many kids are there? We have three children. Oh, um, three. Uh, yes. Our oh. oldest is now 17. And then uh, she's a girl. And then we have a boy who is uh, 15. This year, or he's almost 15, he's 14 still, but I keep forgetting and he keeps reminding me that he's almost 15. <laughs> and then my youngest is nine, also a girl. Wow. And you're homeschooling all of them? Yes. Um, not one of them have ever been in a school, um, except in preschool. Um, the oldest two went to preschool, the youngest never even went to preschool, so I've always been here. Hetty, what decision, uh, what decision led you guys to take your children through homeschooling? Um, so in, in honesty, I never, I never knew it existed. I, I heard about this when my oldest daughter was six and we were on a long concert tour with my husband's band overseas. Mm. And we stayed in the homes of several people who were homeschooling. And that was our first exposure. And in that year, because my daughter was in what we now call grade oh, or grade naught, yeah. I had to prepare her for grade one because we were firmly fixed on the normal route of school. Um, so I was teaching her on the road, and something of that joy of teaching your own child, and something almost magical um, happens there, just though it is our job. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. That I, I became jealous of that role, and I thought, I don't want to give this joy to a teacher. It's mine. It's, it's wow. my child. That on the one hand, and then seeing especially the quality of family life that yes. the homeschooling families had. And after a while on this story, we could step into her home and after five minutes we could say whether the people were homeschooling or not, just based on the kind of interaction we had with especially the teens. The teens were very different. Yes. They were clued up about the world. You know how we always joke that Americans don't know that Africa is, is not a country but a continent and yes. things like that. And um, That ignorance um, we didn't see in our schoolers and we realized that the world was a little different. And then due to circumstances, we just kept going. We never actually made a decision against school. We are not anti-school. Okay. We are just pro-homeschooling. We just love the opportunities it's giving our children. 
um, to pursue their passions because um, especially our oldest two are not mainstream type children. Their interests are left field. You know, they are not. My daughter's a musician and, and, and my son is this weird, inventive, scientific person uh, with an interest in psychology. So it's so weird. He wants to do psychology and he's only 14. And now wow. and we can do it. We can do it because that is what what homeschooling um, unlocks for us. Wow, that's great. And so, so what difference have you seen uh, in your children's lives? I know that we shouldn't, you know, live by comparison, but um, yes. just for now. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, compared obviously to other not children. going to be very objective. <laughs> I'm not going to be very objective. <laughs> you go for it. But, but there are a few things I see in general with homeschoolers. Um, it's difficult for them in their peer group to just make small talk and chit-chat. They tend to be a bit more serious and they tend to take a waste of time. So if they experiment by going back into school for a while, they usually say, oh, they waste so much of my time. I can do this work in two hours that I do that in a whole so school day. And then I don't have homework. I, I can't do this. And and I know my daughter, um, when she's in, because she has a lot of friends who are in school, they are not isolated in that sense. All of their extramurals, their sports, their culture activities, all of that happens, you know, in, in the greater community. They are not uh, chained to the kitchen table or anything. But, you know, she will say, Mom, all these girls can talk about is boys. And there are just so much more going on in life than boys and who made out with who and who is going to which party and who's going to wear what and what are you going to do with your hair. Mm. So uh, they kind of feel that there's not enough depth sometimes when they are in those, in those circles. And um, they have more of a broad life view. They tend to kind of think beyond their own age group as well. My daughter's friends are from... Mm. Uh, you know, two years younger than her, up to varsity students and everyone in between. I don't think in terms of you have to be my age so I can relate to you. So I think to be more comfortable in a broader social setup, but they look strange in a social setup because of that. So yeah. a lot of the time people go, oh, these kids have weird social skills. But the thing is I've never learned to discriminate against younger younger kids and to hate or fear the older ones. <laughs> because that's considered almost normal, but they don't do that. They but doesn't that see everybody as equal. But Hedy, but doesn't that worry you like maybe that your children uh, will have a problem integrating with other with other kids or even other adults when they're older? No, it's easier for them to integrate because of that, because I never learned to, to look at people in those boxes of oh, but you are younger than me or you're older than me. Uh, so they actually realize extremely easily. Um, and that, that's the kind of feedback we get when our kids go on a camp or they uh, go into an international sc- scenario with a lot of nationalities. Our kids are the ones who adapt the easiest. They're like third culture kids. They just wow. blend in and, and they, they adapt. And I don't think it's the same for all homeschoolers because we are... We are not anti-school or anti-school children, yes. and we don't try and protect our kids. We don't homeschool because we fear the big world, or we we try and you know cotton pack our kids in cotton fluff or something. That's not our motive. Um, we have different reasons. So I know that a lot of homeschoolers overprotect the kids, keep them completely separate, won't even take them to Sunday school or youth or wow. anywhere with a but you guys, but you guys do that though. Are, you know? yeah. No, no, our kids go to youth with the school kids and go to all of the other activities. So, um, there's really no fear on our side that they will be awkward or impossible to to blend in. But they do, they do have a, a uniqueness because they never have to conform. So they do stand out. But we think it's a good thing mm. um, to, to stand out and to have that unique 
vantage point. And there are even universities who keep, in a number of courses, keep places open for homeschoolers because they are known to have have that creative different vantage point because they haven't been molded. Awesome. Uh, One other... Yeah, two more questions. Two more questions for you. How do you integrate the word of God? Um, since you obviously have that advantage uh, through <laughs> through homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is just wonderful because I mean our morning starts with with the devotions that we do together. I mean, this morning we we read a youth devotional for the kids the day before. I read from a that book called Radical. I can't remember the author right now, but yeah. we can we can really put meaty content into our children's lives. So very often the first hour of a day. It's just reading the stuff, thinking about it. Um, my kids' homework for tomorrow is to find, uh, we, we prayed this morning for the Lord to give us a hunger for what we need. Uh, spiritually, to remain standing, we need certain uh, strongholds to hold on to, but we don't always know what those are. And my kids' homework is to come back tomorrow and say, the scripture that I need, the truth that I need is this. Uh, so those are the kind of, Things that are, that's just normal in in our Christian walk, in our homeschool walk. Um, you will know this, Louis. So five yes. years ago, we had an armed robbery in our home. Yes, yes. And I was raped during that that uh, home invasion. Yes. And in the two years running up to that, every morning in school, and this is God's wisdom because He knows all things. I read to my children a, a book series called Trailblazers about missionaries around the world and, and how they suffered for the gospel and all sorts of things. And I don't say our situation is suffering for the gospel. All I say is that my children had the opportunity to work through all of those theological issues of when things happen that you don't think should happen to a Christian, how do you deal with that? How do you see God? How do you see yourself? How do you see life? And and do you question God's love for you or, or how do you deal with it? And my kids at a young age had the opportunity to have those truths built into their lives before that tragedy hit, and I cannot imagine uh, how we would have gone through that in one piece as a family had we not had the privilege of hours of input, which parents can give in the evenings, but then we are tired and kids don't always want to do this. I have just the privilege of doing the spiritual education of my kids in the morning with a cup of coffee in my hand, all rested and fresh. (laughs) I think it's just harder work for other parents. It's harder work. It's easier. I think this is the easier route. I honestly do. No, that's awesome. I'm becoming a fan of homeschooling. Um, <laughs> it's just that obviously I can't be the teacher because um, I, you know I, I don't so remember amazing. anything from school. No, but you know what? You don't have to. The beautiful thing of homeschooling is by the time the kids are 13, 14, they are doing their own work. My daughter is now downloading her Spanish curriculum as we speak. That is the wow. last instruction before I listen to She's downloading it because she's on her own. I, don't, I can't speak Spanish, but she's going to write Spanish at the end wow. of this year. I know a little bit of Spanish, but not nearly enough to help her. She's on her own because in homeschooling, the kids learn to be self-sufficient in their studies. Um, awesome. It takes a little longer to get them there, and they do less work in the, in the first few years because they do it all by themselves. But then by the time these exams come in chemistry and physics and business economics, which we know nothing about, they mm. can do it by themselves. I mean, my daughter wrote, last year wrote her um, exams that that's something like grade 10 and 11 rolled into one just before the metric. Um, so Cambridge, and this is the first exam of her life wow. ever. She's never written an exam. Wow. And her lowest mark was 70. Wow. And she studied on her own for most sure. of that. And she even got in the 80s for some. So it's really not that's amazing. that hard. Absolutely it's amazing. It's really not that hard. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful journey. Last, it's last question. 
So last mm. question for you, Hiti. Um, for those families who would like to take their children through homeschooling, uh, what advice mm. would you, you know, would you give them? Because I'm, 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 I'm a little sold now. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, and you haven't heard half of the wonderful uh, <laughs> of uh, um, benefits. But um, Lisa, there are legal issues. Um, yes. In this country, it is your right to homeschool your child. But if you are going to take your child out of school, mm-hmm. then you have to report that to the Department of Education and you have to register as a homeschooler. And when you do that, you also have to register with an organization called the Pesta Lotti Trust. Yeah. Um, because they they will then legally look after you. They are Christian. Uh, uh, most of them are, are Christians, and they are especially keen on on protecting our rights to teach our children the morals and the values and the word of God that we hold dear. Um, so that is just wise to register with them with the Pestalozzi Trust. And then I am a big fan of of a lady called Marty Duplessis, who was a real pioneer in homeschooling, and her website, Dynamis Learning. Uh, .co.za, Dynamous Learning. Dynamous it's a very good place. Yes. Okay. Very good place to start. Um, she has courses in 21st century education all over the, the country. And to start there, just to make that mind shift, because homeschooling is a very different philosophy to schooling, yeah. just to get your mind right, uh, it's not a good idea to just pull your child out of school and to go and buy a curriculum. That is just school at home. And yes. that is dead. Um, and boring and unfair to your child. But to get your philosophy right and then to know where you want to take your child where this journey has to go and then to to also get to know what kind of a learner your child is and then accordingly to either buy a curriculum or to never buy one. To, um, yeah. <laughs> there are many different approaches and they all can work very well if you know yourself and you know yourself. So Dynamis Learning Festivals Trust, those are great places to begin. Awesome stuff. Hetty, thank you so much for your for your time. And uh, uh, and for all that you do, you know, for your kids, and I guess just for the kingdom as a whole, you guys are an absolute blessing together with uh, with Louis. Uh, enjoy oh, sc- enjoy the rest of school. You. Oh, thank you, Louis. <laughs> I'll go see if the Spanish is downloaded. <laughs> all right, go cool. well, my friend. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. That thank was Haiti. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing stuff that by Haiti Brits. Uh, Bronwyn, what's your feel? What's your feel on uh, on 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 homeschooling? I think there's pros and cons to homeschooling. Um, from my own experience, I started out in a public, a large public school, and then my parents put me into a smaller Christian school, which was a private school that had just yeah. started, and there were very few kids. And I, I think it gave me a good foundation in the Word of God and, and those things, but something that I, I lost is a lot of social skills, and I lost my, I became, that's where I became really shy. And um, I went back into a, a normal, like a public high school, and I really had to, I really struggled, and I had to trust God to help me to step out of myself and to become, you know, bold again because I had just withdrawn into myself. So I think if children are involved in homeschooling, it's so important that their parents give them many opportunities to keep mm. interacting with other people, with other children their age, and, you know, to stay connected to to what's happening around them. Well, you know, I guess it's, it's kind of the same as saying that there are pros and cons to going to an all-boys school mm. or to an all-girls school. Um, I went to all-boys schools nearly all my life, starting at the Drugsburg Boys Choir and then uh, St. Stephen's College. I must tell you, when I used to see girls, I used to totally freak out. <laughs> and I was like close to being an adult then, you know, about 19, about 1920. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think you also don't get like a lot of that sort of distraction and a lot, lot, lot of things that, um, problems that, that kids have got to deal with at that sort of age. And I think, especially today, I mean, seeing my nieces and my nephews and the homework that they get, 
It's man, there's no time to play. Sure. You know, <laughs> there's no time to play. I think back then we we were cool with just doing like an hour of homework and then we were done. Mm. But like th- th- these days, it's like it's like yeah. homework is uh, is just as big as uh, as 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 schoolwork because there's just so much information um, that is just thrown at our at our children. For sure, yeah. Just every single day, yeah. Okay. Um, I said earlier on, I said earlier on that I'm going to speak to a. To a, you know, to a pastor's kid Because there is of course, you know, the extreme cases Where a child can be born into a family That practically works for God um, Such as those, you know, whose fathers or both their parents are pastors And this doesn't necessarily mean that these kids will grow up to live uh, an obedient life It just doesn't mean that because there is, there's plenty of the word um, that, you, that you're feeding your children mm-hmm. That things are going to be fine at home As a matter of fact, many of them are saying earlier on They grow up to kind of live lives or to kind of do the, the exact opposite. And uh, someone that I know would probably be seen as a trophy pastor's kid um, himself is, uh, is Pastor Brenton, uh, Pastor Brenton Goldman. And uh, he's been on the show before, a friend of the open book, and he joins us uh, all the way from Port Elizabeth. Uh, Pastor Brenton, how's it going? <laughs> you're like a trophy. Do you know why I say you're a trophy? Because... Because you, 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 you finally, you know, because you actually became a pastor. I'm sure like, you know, for any pastor, if they, if they kids become yeah. pastors, they're like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. yeah. how was it? I mean, like, how was it for you to grow up with your father as a, as a pastor at home? I think, you know, that's a, uh, for me, it's a strange question because it would be like asking the, the son of a VW CEO, you know, so oh, how, president. Does it, how does it feel to grow up with a CEO? you know, um, of VW. But I think for me, my dad was my father, you know. That's who, that's who I knew at home. I I knew what, what he did was pastoring at the church, but he was my dad at home. Yeah. You know, so that, that to me, he was, he was a child of God. He was a son of God. He was, he was more a son of God and a believer of Christ at home. Um, you know, there was never a day... You know, that went by growing up as teenagers, my brother and I, both of us, we never woke up to my dad spending time with God. It wasn't something he preached, it was something he loved, you know. Mm. How positive and negative, I mean, like, did, um, because there must be some positive and negatives, you know, so how did yeah. this, I mean, like, how did that I, impact you as a child? I, I think, you know, for me, um, one, of, one of the greatest things um, that, 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 being a pastor's child did for us because my dad in the early years of his ministry traveled for about six months of the year. Um, and most of the time we went with him as a family or he just took us with and we were on stage with him singing or sharing or praying or, or praying for him before he preaches. Yeah. Um, so for us, for my brother and I, it really built a lot of confidence. You know, we were always in front of people. We were always on a platform. And he made he made this part of our lives. It wasn't separate to who we were as a family. It was part of who we were as a family. And um, I think so for, for me, the positive thing um, for us is that, um, you know, it was like amazing just to, we, we didn't know we were in ministry. We just thought this is what every family does. <laughs> I know, you know that thing. I thought, it's like me, like I thought everybody sings because that's what my family did until I got out like, whoa. Yeah, so, I mean, as children, I think children aren't, children have no preconceived idea of what it's supposed to be, what mm-hmm. a family is supposed to be. Everything is taught by parents, you know. So when, when, for us being in ministry with my dad, we thought this was absolutely normal. We traveled all across South Africa. 
um, we we it was just fun for us, you know. I mean, we knew every holidays we're going to be ministering with Dad. We're going to be in Cape Town. He's going to be preaching at night. We're going to be having fun during the day. You yeah. know, <laughs> um, I think something that maybe is negative that, however, I must say, my dad has protected us a lot from church politics growing up. Okay, which um, is great. One, yeah, one of the negative things I think that happened to a lot of pastors' children, why they don't end up not pursuing ministry, but don't end up pursuing Christ, is yeah. that they get caught up in the politics of church. And one thing I knew about about my dad in church is that I just knew some people really liked him and others didn't, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that, that's, just, that, that's what we knew growing up. Obviously, as we grew up and matured, you know, you, you, becoming, you, you become an adult and, and you obviously can, you, you recognize all the politics that does happen when you're a pastor's son or when you, when you, what your dad's been dealing with his whole life and when you become a pastor and then you realize it's even more real when you are a pastor. But I think the greatest thing you can do when you, like with my dad, he kept us out of the politics of church. He just kept us loving Jesus. Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he did. No, that's awesome, man. And But then, um, obviously, when you then find out that uh, you're, you were different, that your family was a little different to other, you know, to other families, uh, what are the challenges that we obviously don't know that, that, uh, that pastor's kids face? Yeah, one of the dangerous things uh, that pastors kids face is not is not not uh, if I can say it's not that we don't want to be like our dad or our mom. But I think one of the dangers that we face is that we 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 are taught to hide bad things. Yeah, you know, like because of protecting there's there's this cloud of expectation over a pastor's child or child in or children in ministry. Where there's this cloud of expectation, and so if I if I if I did smoke with my friends during school, mm. like God forbid anyone find out, and I'll do everything to protect that. Yeah, you know? and I think one of the that is one of the greatest challenges. I don't think so much. It's it's about um, my dad never put pressure on on either my brother or myself to function or to to get involved in church. Even Sunday mornings, it was he never woke us up for church. You know, you would tell us like this is something you must pursue. It's not. I don't. I don't need to have a relationship with Jesus. You do. So wow. it was never about going to church. It was always about finding Christ. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a lot of pastors um, put pressure on their children because of their reputation. You know, you will find yourself in church as long as you're under this roof. You will be in church, and so the children end up going to church and not finding Jesus. Yeah. Well, I guess you know what it is. It's sort of it's like growing up. I mean, because we used to we used to see pastors' kids as a, as just part of it's, it's like you were royalty, you know. Your dad yeah. was the king, and you were royalty, and if we were friends Here's with you. <laughs> That's how. So I can, I really can just imagine, you know, the pressures that are there. I think you guys should start yeah. some sort of a face a Facebook group. You know what I mean? Called uh, yeah, yeah. called pastors' kids get together with Kayam Tetwa, you know, yeah, as the as associate yeah. pastors, a whole bunch of you guys, because obviously, you know, with with so many pastors that are, you know, that are that are coming up every single day, I think I think it's important, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important. Now, how differently? Last question: How differently are you raising your children as a pastor so that they don't face the same challenges that you faced as a child? Yeah, I, I think you know what. If, if you're listening to the previous guest and you show you, you have to realize that um, any one of us, our theology is actually taught and deeply entrenched during our formative years or as as we become teenagers. So, as parents, it's a responsibility to make sure our, our kids are aware of salvation of heaven. And living for Christ now. So one of my one of my great friends um, at our local church, Pastor Jordy Naidu, said 
that I would rather lose my kids to the church than lose them to the world. Wow. You know, and something I always teach my kids, like waking up in the morning, it's fun because, you know, I'm, I'm saying, hey, girls, we're reading Psalm 9 today. Um, you go read Psalm 9, tell Dad what's your favorite scripture. And when they come back to me, and whether they say it's like something that really doesn't make sense at all, I'm like Sons of Solomon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> we and don't read I, from there as kids. <laughs> yeah, and I think something that I've always put <laughs> something I've always put into my kids is that and I'm and, and I I'm trusting that I will continuously do it, is that they get caught up with the responsibility of being a child of God, not yes. so much the glamour of ministry. Absolutely. You know? And and I think th- that's more important. My dad always taught me that that at the end of the day, we are children of God first. Before you are a prophet, before you are an evangelist, before you are any of the fivefold ministry gifts, you are firstly just God's child. Absolutely. And I think when it comes to raising my kids, um, because I've been a pastor's kid myself, I can can foresee what they're going to go through. But like I said, I'm always aware of the fact that, you know, I don't want to create any preconceived ideas or assume that my kids are going to go a certain way, whether they don't end up in ministry or not. My main purpose as a father is to raise them up to be children of God. Mm, that's you know, awesome. That's, man. That's, that's for me. You know, that's it. Brenton, nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> thank you so much, bro. Really, it's just for your time pleasure, and just bro. for your thank wisdom. You. And uh, and yeah, I hope that you know you've given some peace to some of those pastors' kids out there. Uh, I hope so, <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Brenton Goldman. There's another pastors' kid who's here actually by the name of Sia. Uh, we'll probably try and get him on on the next on the next show. Check is like no, no, not me. <laughs> there you'll definitely get yeah, the okay. other side of the pastors' kid. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Brent. Bless you, man. No, bless you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ron, Ron, coming back to you, you, mm. you know what I mean. For instance, I grew up. I grew up in church. Um, I was raised. Uh, I was raised sort of from about the age of six years. You know, six years old by uh, by 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 my cousin. You know, became my guardian, and um, and uh, and I accepted Christ at the age of seven years old. But I knew exactly what I was doing. You know, as much as I'd been to church, I knew that. Okay, cool. Now it's about time to start a relationship. Do you guys ever sort of push that in any way, uh, or do you ever explain that to the kids? Uh, what you know, like what salvation is? Uh, we do every Sunday. We, How do you do it? Well, we'll we'll just tell the children, you know, that God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children, and you know, it's each child's. It's, they have an opportunity to ask Jesus to come and live in their heart, and we try and explain that. You know, obviously for the tiny little kids, the threes and the fours and the fives, for them, they not they don't really have a, a proper understanding of that. But for the older kids to try and help them to. You know, to to build a relationship. So once they've given their heart to the Lord, we'll just counsel them for a few minutes by using something on our hands, just saying, you know, you've made the best decision of your life. Go and tell somebody about the decision. Wow. Tell your friends, you know, come to church to learn more about God and pray to God. Just talk to him like you would talk to another friend. Jesus wants to be your best friend. Mm. And to, to help them realize that, you know, he's not some God up there in the sky that they can't relate to or can't relate to them, but that he's right up close and personal and wants to be involved intimately in their lives. Wow. I love that. You know, Jesus doesn't have any, uh, I mean, God doesn't have any grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, so you also get to get the opportunity to be a child of God. For sure. And it's amazing because, I mean, you, how old are these kids? Well, we, I mean, we teach the children, like I said, from one years old all the way up to grade seven. Sure. And so, you know, the older kids, obviously, we give them that opportunity to receive Christ. And yes, yeah. every week, I think just what we teach them, we try and make every lesson relevant to them and not just about a history. You know, the Bible's not just a history book full of great stories about yeah. Noah's Ark, but 
for children to understand how can I apply this manual in my life at my age? How can I make it relevant for me? And they're not too young. I mean, like, you never say that, like, they're too young to ever know about having a relationship with Christ and bring them, you know. Yes, I think, you know, the little ones, for them, it's still a story. And But, you know, you, you never know what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of yeah. them. And, you know, it says, like you said, train up a child and a child that doesn't give an age. Yeah. Just raise them up and, you know, keep sowing good seed into their lives. And I believe that, you know, you will reap that harvest. Mm. I want to ask a question, and, mm. and I know it may be just like a little bit controversial. But um, do do all children go to heaven? <laughs> well, I don't. I'm sure you know. For those that that haven't, you know, people would usually say is at the age of accountability when they when they realize that they you know have that opportunity to invite Jesus into their to their hearts. But children younger than that, I would say probably. It'd be so sad if they don't yeah, because they're children. I'm sure they do. <laughs> All dogs go to heaven, so I'm yeah, sure all children yeah, go to heaven. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and what are some of now when you're with them, right? Mm. What are some of uh, the weirdest like questions that you've been asked by children and you've had to answer to it? Well, you know, children. I, I can just tell you two two cute things that kids have said. You know, there was yeah. a little a little guy who who needed prayer. He had a headache, and he went to his dad and said, "Dad, you know, please pray for me. I've got a sore head." And the dad prayed for him, and he went away and continued playing. And he came back a little later, and he said, "Dad, my headache is still here." And the dad said, "Don't worry, son. We're just waiting for the manifestation." And the little boy went away, and he continued playing. And he came back a little bit later. He said, Dad, when is that man from the station coming? Because my head still hurts. And, uh, you know, just a little girl, you know, was eating one day, and, you know, she had eaten enough food. And she said, Mom, please, I can't eat any more food because I'm squashing Jesus. And, (laughs) you know, that's just what, what children are like is a little child, you know, for them to understand that Jesus lives inside of my heart. Is there a house inside of my heart? Mm. How, how does he fit inside my heart? You know, they, they, they wrestle with all those things. And, you know, sometimes when you do fun things with the kids and you, you, you do, um, gospel illusions, you know, and it doesn't work out the kids are the first to point out that you you made a mistake and you made you know yeah because they're just so real and and just Absolutely. so honest well you know to end of our show here are just a few a few letters um i guess the children were asked to write to write a letter to god and you know sort of like small little phrases that they say which i thought were just so cute uh dear god instead of letting people die and having to make new ones why don't you just keep the ones you got now uh, that was from Jane <laughs> dear God I went to this wedding and they kissed right in the church is that okay um, this other one I mean this others dear God the Bible uh, the Bible times did they really talk that fancy because obviously poor v. you know <laughs> v and thou um, it's like dear God I think I, that is also cute dear God I think about you sometimes even when I'm not praying oh, but that's good yes. but that's good um, this was funny dear God I'm American what are you <laughs> <laughs> and then this one says uh, it's the last one I'm going to read it says dear God thank you for the baby brother but what I prayed for was a puppy oh, Children are so cute and they're, and they're really just so innocent and uh, and I believe that you know the more that 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 we spend time with them uh, the more that we become child don't become a child but you know the more that we, we become childlike um, 
I, I think that's how Jesus wants us to be, mm. you know, like when it comes when it comes to him. Mm. And uh that's what it says in the verse. Uh thank you so much to to my to my guest, Pastor Brownon, for really just making the time here. Okay. And uh, really just to all of you for um for listening. Uh we'll definitely see you next next week, the open book from nine to ten. This is Cliffcentral.com.